Hello and welcome to The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. I'm your host, Dr. David Hardy. And today, as always, we've got another amazing guest on our show. She has gone from being a top producing account executive in the mortgage industry to co-founding an extremely successful mobile tire company, Rubber on Wheels, Inc., to opening one of the nation's leading sports performance and adaptation centers. Heather Hineker, how are you doing today? Great, David. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yes. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. And one of the one of the things that I found most fascinating when, when I first came across you, and the reason why I wanted to talk more with you on the show is that you're an entrepreneur who went through some very big health challenges. And then you turn those health challenges into another entrepreneur venture. And you've been at that now 13 years before the word biohacking was even really introduced into the world. Uh, yeah, please just kind of walk us through that journey and experience you've been on then. Uh, 100%. So. I was in the mortgage industry for about a decade. Um, in my 20s, very successful. I was an account executive. I was making over a million dollars a year. And honestly, that's just what I thought life was going to be. And as we all know, the mortgage industry and the real estate market and everything kind of took a dive in 2007. And along with it, my health did. Um, I've always prided myself on eating healthy. I mean, you got, you got to know I, I was never in this realm before, so not to the levels of things that I do now, but I always ate healthy, super fit, always worked out. And in 2007, the balls of my feet started to hurt really bad and literally my middle finger. And I was like, what in the world did I do to my finger and my feet I've kind of attributed to uh trying to do real estate after the mortgage industry crashed I was like oh I can be a realtor so I was doing open houses and I was in heels and so I thought it was that but okay. it was significant enough that I went to the doctor and they ran their their tests on me and they said oh you have rheumatoid arthritis and I was like rheumatoid arthritis you know you hear arthritis and you think well that's an old person's you know right. diagnosis yeah. Not the case. And I was very quickly learned uh, what autoimmune was and what rheumatoid arthritis was. And, you know, uh, Western medicine, their, their go-to is they wanted to put me on low-dose chemotherapy in my early 30s to treat what? it. And some, yeah, it's, the, it's, it's a, a, a drug called methotrexate and it's a form of low-dose chemotherapy. David, something inside me just clicked and I knew that was not the path I wanted to go. Um, right. And, you know, at that time, it wasn't as debilitating as it had turned into. So it was it became about an 18 month process for me. So very stubborn. Um, I said to myself, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to find a way to put this in remission. Like, I'm not I'm not going to live with this the rest of my life. I was told that it's degenerative, that it's progressive, it's only going to get worse. Someday it might end up attacking my organs and I'll die from it. And hearing that when you're in your early 30s, you know, I should have been at the prime of my life, not yeah. in pain at all. I felt really sorry for myself because I was like, like, geez, this is also hereditary. No one in my family has this. What's going on? And so I went on this path of what can I do? Like, I know my body was created to be able to heal itself, to regenerate. That's how God created all of us. Mm -hmm. 
what does that mean? And what does that look like? So I started to do some crazy stuff. I mean, I went away to retreats where I was doing wheatgrass enemas. I kid you not daily. Mm-hmm. I was eating, I mean, and drinking some of the craziest concoctions from a Chinese herbalist. I was doing acupuncture. I mean, I was doing pretty much anything that someone had had success at or that I'd read on the web, I was trying it. Well, over a series of 18 months, I was getting progressively worse. So much so I couldn't use my hands at all. My daughter, who's a senior in high school now, she was in preschool when all of this started to go down and I couldn't even dress her in the morning. And that was one of the hardest things, like the the realization of, you know, quality of life and not even really being able to be a mom uh, to, to a four-year-old. And so I was very close to getting on medicine just to have quality of life. And then um, I just was in the right place at the right time, which usually has happened in my life. And I remember listening to a gentleman talk about a technology called CVAC. Um, it's a technology that we still have today, and we pretty much base uh, a lot of our protocols around that specific technology. But he was talking about how you sit in this pod, and inside of it, there's different changes of pressure and air density, and it's taking you to high altitudes. And you know, I'm listening to him thinking, well, that doesn't sound fun. And then he starts talking about how, well, there's some small studies with chronic pain, with fibromyalgia, and I'm like, chronic pain, I'm definitely in that fibromyalgia, I I knew about that because my mom had that diagnosis. And so he just said, come in. My my father invested in this company. It secured me one of the first CVAC pods in Orange County, California. What do you have to lose? He goes, I'd like to see how it affects you. And so I was diligent. I went every single day. And, you know, when I first got in it, it wasn't Superman's phone booth. I wasn't healed. I actually, as far as my pain, I didn't feel any improvement. But what I noticed initially was my sleep. And at, at that time, I wasn't quantifying sleep with like an aura ring or anything like that. I basically mm-hmm. just knew that I woke up every 20 minutes. Ever since my daughter had been born, I would wake up every 20 minutes and not really be able to go back to sleep. And so my circadian rhythms were off and just my you know quality of life in regards to not getting sleep. And as you know, sleep is so important when, when your body is trying to heal itself and when it is right. trying to yes. recover that happens when you're sleeping. So if you're not sleeping, it's not going to happen. So after doing CVAC one time, I slept through the night. So that kept me going. And then over a series of weeks and then months, my inflammation started to dissipate so significantly that it opened my eyes to, oh my gosh, my body's healing itself. Fast forward today, you know, I, I, I get a physical every year. Um, they can't detect any rheumatoid arthritis, any inflammation factors or anything in my blood. So it is in full remission. I'm not, not on any pharmaceuticals. Um, and I can look back now and really be grateful for that diagnosis because it's brought me to where I am. But right. you know, when I first got it, you, you couldn't have told me that I would ever say that. <laughs> Let, let's go back, though. Explain more about that realization that you were finally healing yourself. You know, it's, it was a process. And so that's, that's one thing, you know, you get your hopes up because you start feeling so much better. It was almost for a while there, like at first, you know, I almost went through what's called like a Herxheimer's reaction, a retrace. And so I'd have days where I would actually feel worse. Mm -hmm. And then I'd start having days where, okay, this is a good day. And more good days started to compile to where now I don't, I have pretty much only good days. Right. I mean, I don't, I, you know, 
a lot of times with autoimmune, what you're putting in your body plays a huge factor as far as inflammation. So one of my triggers uh, used to be gluten. If I get it now, I'm sensitive to it in my digestive system, but it doesn't make me have a huge flare up. I mean, I always do this. It's funny because my hands were about three times the size that they are now. I couldn't make a fist. And so like, I just, when you're in so much debilitating pain, I remember, you know, praying to God and thinking, God, if I could just get back to where I was when I didn't even think about like how I felt when I woke up, I promise you, I will never like take this for granted. I will never take this body for granted again because we're in our twenties. What do we do? We just jump out of bed. We feel great. And we get on with our day. And when that's taken away from you, that's what you think about. And so, you know, yeah, every day, I mean, when it really, really hit me, um, you know, I was still, I was, so I opened up a business. I guess we, we kind of passed, <laughs> passed that. <laughs> but with, the, with the gentleman that I was um, initially introduced to CVAC with, he actually asked me to go into business with him. Okay. Um, he, you know, bless his heart. If it wasn't for him, I would never have found CVAC. So I'm super grateful for, for that relationship. But we, we learned very fast that our work ethic was different. Um, and so I ended up buying him out and buying his initial pod and starting my own business, renaming it, moving locations. This, you know, was over 12 years ago. Um, but again, I look back and if it wasn't for Alex, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at, where I am right now. So I'm grateful for that, but it was hard. You know, I, my passion was so much so that that's all I could talk about, right? Like, oh yeah. my gosh, like I went from being completely debilitated, not even being able to be a mom, much less work, to now starting another business. And it's not like it was easy either. You know, back back then I would be talking about CVAC or, you know, the, the some frequency-based modalities and people would just look at me cross-eyed, like, what are oh, you talking about? Of course. About? Well, well, the gen- general population doesn't even know the extent of autoimmune conditions because it, it's not out there basically in the media, but it is autoimmunity and immune dysregulation is becoming the new diabetes, type 2 diabetes, where it used to just be adult onset, as, as, as he said, that rheumatoid arthritis, that's an old person's disease. And then we start seeing it in younger and younger populations and and more prevalent out there and this goes into so many different conditions that affects so many tissues of the human body like hands and feet are just one of them like we stub our toe and we don't want to walk around and imagine that pain all day long and not being able to use your hands like i've twisted and jammed fingers and had had all sorts of injuries and and that was debilitating but heals up quickly and you went through this for how long i mean severity at its worst was about 18 months like of being completely debilitated like all i could do was wake up in the morning and get my daughter to preschool and come home and go back into bed pretty much in a fetal position um so yeah, that 18 months, it, it, and that's when the, the inflammation started to dissipate. It's not like the pain was totally gone at first, um, mm-hmm. but you could see such a significant reduction in inflammation because again, my hands were three times the size they are. They had nodules of inflammation where every single joint was. I couldn't move my wrists at all. That was like one of the most painful things. I couldn't raise my arms above my head. Like my whole body was riddled with it. So. Uh, 
the, you know, when the inflammation started to dissipate, yes, the pain was still there, but I started to get mobility again. Right. Okay. And, and autoimmune and, and pretty much anything that, um, you know, when we get these certain diagnoses, like the root cause of it is inflammation. So yes, autoimmune, there's different things where your body, they say your body is attacking itself, but it's starting at a cellular level. Yep. And I think, you know, if people can actually start looking first, I mean, cause this had to have been compiling on a cellular level for decades before I got the diagnosis, right? Yes, I mean, it, we, 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 we don't see it until it comes out as a diagnosis, but how many years did it take for, for that inflammation to compile? And so one of the things that we have here that's such a useful tool, because I'm not a doctor, so it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, I got my RA in remission and I went to medical <laughs> school and then I'm opening this, you know, I, I, I'm not a doctor. I have to be very careful of the claims and everything I make. I'm not taking blood. We're not getting those types of baselines here, but what we are doing is we're getting people on a bioimpedance analyzer and I'm able to see um, like their extracellular water compared to their total body water. It gives us a measurement. It's kind of a gauge of inflammation. So it it gives me a baseline of where they're at. And then I also can measure kind of the permeability factor or the integrity of their cell walls. Because you got to think when we're babies at a cellular level, we're performing at our most optimal, right? And those yes. the, the walls around our cells are their most permeable. So what's happening? All the good stuff is getting in, all the bad stuff is getting out. And as we age, a factor of aging is that cellular permeability and, and the cell wall, it becomes more hardened and rigid. The voltage of our cells starts going down as well. And so that phase angle number typically only starts going down with age. The reason we use a device like this is so we can get that baseline. Now we can quantify, oh, look, your phase angle is going up when typically that only goes down with age. We're genuinely not only helping inflammation levels on a cellular level, the body's doing it. I say we. Basically, you know, we, I look at this, I, I tell someone what, it, what, what, what they look like, where their levels are, and, you know, how that's probably going to change. I can see what, what um, technologies they're going to respond to fastest, but it's the body that's the miracle. It, exactly. I mean, we, we yeah. you know, we're, yeah. it, it's not us. It's, it's God, pretty much. That's how we were created. So, but it's just so neat to see when someone comes in and gosh, when right now, I mean, we're seeing so many incredible things because of a certain virus, you know, that's highly inflammatory of the body, even after it's out of, out of the body or you test Mm -hmm. negative. Right. Um, And it's, it's causing a lot of inflammation and and actually reactivating certain diagnoses that people haven't had for years. I mean, the aftermath of what we're seeing caused from the inflammation of uh, a virus that I'm sure you know what I'm referring to. Um, and then also like, you know, some people with vaccinations too, we're seeing some stuff as, as far as inflammation. Mm-hmm. So to be able to look at that in black and white and then start seeing what your body's doing by regulating and getting back into homeostasis and those figures improving, it has been everything for us because as a person, you can feel better, right? But if you right. see something black and white and you can actually quantify it, that's what keeps people coming back. They just want to oh, keep improving and feeling definitely. better. Definitely, yeah. Those measurements really do help the, the motivation behind things. And with this immune dysregulation, uh, people don't understand that the immune system has so many other functions besides just protecting us from bacteria and viruses, is that it's cleansing our cells as well. It's recycling the cells and tissues. 
and it has all these different functions to it and different cells basically and different things and in different combinations whether it's a toxin whether it's a pathology whether it's diet uh, all of it affects basically how this polarization of different immune functions happens and it can be more than one thing as you mentioned that kind of triggers these events and then of course there's the huge aspect of stress in the immune system as well um, what sort of combinations do you think kind of was the the precursor and then the straw that broke the camel's back in your case i mean it was the most stressful time of my entire life uh before getting the diagnosis and when i was in my heyday you know making what i was making i was basically paying for my parents mortgages i you know i was taking care of my family I had a lot of responsibility. My my husband at the time, I was just like, you you stay home. And, you know, my daughter was just born. You stay home with Violet. You know, he had quit a, a six-figure job because I'm just like, we don't both need to work, you know, and then mm-hmm. you can help me. I needed help. And so, like, he would help with prequels and stuff. Well, when the mortgage industry crashed, <laughs> my identity pretty much just went out the window with it because I thought this is how it's always going to be. I loved taking care of my family. And then the realization of, oh man, like I'm not going to be able to pay all of these mortgages if, you know, this money's not coming in. I was very blessed in the fact that I did not live beyond my means. So I paid cash for a lot of things, mm-hmm. but you know, in that we needed to sell. And so I think that stress of having to tell my parents, okay, <laughs> I can't do this, you know, while I'm not making money anymore, that was humongous. And I don't know, just feeling like you're disappointing everybody. I've let everybody down, including myself. And now what am I going to do? Because I genuinely love my job. Now, did I have a purpose in that job? No, <laughs> I was such a different person than I am today. Ugh. But I thought I thought that's who I was and who I wanted to be. And so, you know, that was when, I mean, <laughs> David, everything crashed. So it was my health. I got a divorce. I mean, you name it. It was just getting worse and worse and worse. So that definitely was the trigger. A hundred percent is that stress and stress is the root of inflammation as well. Exactly. Yeah. So how were you able to basically rebound during this huge stressful situation with everything happening all at once? Um, How long were you kind of at rock bottom before you were able to get out and, and what, were the factors then that helped you to to start becoming a champion of your health and condition then? I, you know, I think being a good mom to my daughter, because I don't, I think if I didn't have that to own up to and look in the mirror and, and wanting to provide someone for her to look up to, the wheels would, I mean, they were already starting to fall off and I think they would have fully fallen off if I didn't have her. So, you know, even, even when, when everything was crashing and I was in that, just, I mean, I was out of my mind, honestly, is, is how, how I put it. Um, at one time I thought, you know what, she'd be better off with her dad. I'll just, uh, move back to orange County and her dad can take care of her. He's such an incredible man and she'll be better off with him. Um, and then something God, um, you know, hit my knees and I just, I still ended up getting a divorce, mind you, but we, Mm -hmm. 
Jason and I, my ex-husband and I were best friends still, you know, our main priority is our daughter. And the fact that she had, she is with me full time. She sees him every single weekend. Um, and, and sometimes through the week, but just having to be a mom and, and, mm -hmm. I wasn't someone that ever thought I would be a mother either. I didn't find out I was pregnant with her until after my first trimester. I mean, honestly, oh, um, she was a surprise <laughs> and it's not something I wanted and I never thought I'd be a good mom. And so all of this also has shown that. Um, and, you know, to fast forward, she's a senior in, in high school. Uh, she wants to be a nurse practitioner. She wants to use this platform so she can start doing things like IVs and stuff like that. I mean, she's been around this her whole life. She can actually probably do this podcast better than I can at this point <laughs> because she hears me talking all day long for 12 years. And uh, she knows how, you know, that cells work. She knows how different technologies are affecting different uh, systems in the body and, yeah, so I think it it was just that realization of oh I'm gonna I'll be a bad mom if if I don't pull stuff together. Yeah, well you pulled it together obviously, <laughs> and things are are going great. You've got this purpose with with everything. How have you? Well, actually, before we ask that in the uh, next question, and uh, I'm really interested and fascinated. What information have you learned? do you wish you had when you first had the original diagnosis or condition hit you? Lifestyle. I mean, you know, I wish I could tell you that it was just the CVAC pod that put my RA into remission. There's never going to be one magic pill, one magic device. It has to be your lifestyle. There's mm -hmm. so many components of what you're, I wish someone would tell me, I mean, what you're putting into your body, you know, in the process, I really, really figured out that gluten was a huge trigger of mine. Well, the other bummer out was I love bread. Bread, actually, right. when I was little, my grandmother would say, do you want ice cream? Do you want seeds candy? Or do you want a hot loaf of a baguette from Say Say Bone? And I'm like, Say Say Bone, I'd eat the whole baguette. Like, I just loved hot bread and bread. And then not being able to eat it, that was a bummer. Like, I love right. pizza, I love pasta. <laughs> so, but if someone would have told me, this is a this is a trigger for you. If you cut that out, that's going to be a, a huge part of it, right? right. Um, but if you don't get the inflammation under control on a cellular level, it's going to keep happening. If you don't get your your gut um, in control, it's going to keep happening. Um, so just because I, I was clueless when I first started, I had no idea on anything. I was oh like you know if I was sick, I went to the doctor, but I was rarely sick. So I don't know, just those things and and just also and when I see clients come in, I think this is something that, you know, a lot of us forget. And we've said it a couple of times on this, this podcast is literally our bodies can heal. They can regenerate. You just have to expose them to the right things. Like our world is so different than what it was when we were cavemen, right? When we were hunting for right. our food and when we, our food didn't have pesticides and, and poison on it. Um, we, were, we were barefoot. We were walking on the ground. We were out in the, the sun getting vitamin D. I mean, there was the, we didn't have 5G, right? You know, you, you know the human resonance that we actually need, like from the, the earth. And you can't even detect that anymore unless you're in the middle of the ocean. It's like a really important frequency that our bodies need. So yes. I just think that if someone were to say, you know, you, you need to, you need to recreate or be around those, that subtle energy, that those natural, that natural environment, but also it's what you're putting in your body. And that's another thing we are coming up against. It might say organic, but like 
what is the soil like that's really grown? I mean, there's only 1% of the farms in the world, 1% that are actually true organic farms where they've redone everything with the soil that they need to. So the food that we eat, I mean, it's, it literally is killing us. Yeah. But there's ways to mitigate that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, Now people sort of understand and are grasping the nutritional route and everything uh, to some extent, maybe. And, uh, people will disbelieve it until it happens to them type type of thing. Um, but you mentioned Sherman's frequency. Uh, so what have you learned about these different frequencies and what sort of devices and technology are in your center to, to help with this? So what I know is our bodies are frequency, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're made up of all different frequencies. I mean, our organs respond to hundreds of different frequencies. Um, and we're, we're also cell voltage, you know, our, our cells actually have a voltage for energy. And so as we age, a lot of that becomes compromised. As we're exposed to 5G all day long, we're breaking down our cellular integrity. Um, So there are technologies. There's a ton of incredible technologies. I mean, we live in a really insane time right now in 2022, 2020 to 2022. Um, But we also live in an incredible time as far as the progression and evolution of technologies that we are being able to be, you know, expose ourselves to. And they're not just for the elite, you know, we have technologies here that cost as little as $20 in exposure. Um, my, my goal in opening a center to the public was not just to serve the, the, the most elite and the, the people that could only afford, you know, I, I want everybody, anyone that's on social security can come here and afford um, our technologies. So we, every single technology we have in here does work at the cellular level, but usually within different systems of the body. So we have some modalities that work specifically with the lymphatic system to optimize that, which in turn uh, helps optimize the immune system. We have technologies that work within the um, capillary system. Capillaries make up 74% of our, our blood flow. And yes. so we're optimizing blood flow and oxygenation in the body. Um, we have red light therapies that are making our cells produce more energy, ATP. We have technologies that are making our cells produce more mitochondria. I mean, that's a huge uh, component in regards to health is how your cells are actually performing and the batteries of your cells, the mitochondria. So if you optimize that, and I, I think, you know, just ex- a lot, and a lot of these are, are genuinely, I mean, it's frequency, it's different frequencies. So it could be a PEMF, pulse electromagnetic field therapy. It could be light therapy. Um, it could be voltage. It could be vibration. Like we have all of those. The bioimpedance analyzer will kind of tell me where that, that cellular integrity is. And just based on the 13 years experience that we have, I know probably what they'll respond to the fastest. And then that's another thing, you know, when you go to some of these places, it's overwhelming, right? We have like 13 different modalities right now. Sometimes people come in and it's like Disneyland and they're like, I want to do it all, but that wouldn't be very responsible of me to let someone do every single modality out the gate. Like I know what I should start someone with, Mm -hmm. see how they respond to that and what the next move will be. Um, And it's, it's not taking advantage of people. I mean, there's some people that come in and and they don't need everything. I mean, obviously most of the modalities we have in here, they can benefit, but they don't need it all. Mm -hmm. And and so it's figuring out, 
what is going to be the most cost effective for them um, and what they're going to respond to the, the fastest. Yeah. And I think you, you just nailed it right there um, with what you said about be, being more specific of what patients actually need in a, or uh, clients. And that comes through experience. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't being taught in mainstream schools at all and really really needs to be Um, and then patients too when they first start going through this and searching for something to help them they do fall into that trap of well i've heard this help like you explained in your journey earlier from going every single realm from tinctures to to potions Mm -hmm. to to enemas and Mm -hmm. getting worse and it does really need to be honed to uh, this sort of weird map of how the systems are, are working and and then doing at the right appropriate amount so that uh, the fragile systems that are damaged aren't overwhelmed. And, yeah, well, because that, that's a thing too. When someone comes in, they're highly toxic toxic at a cellular level, you can cause pretty severe detox or a Herxheimer's reaction. And that's no fun. I mean, (laughs) there's ways to to mitigate that to where, yeah, we want to get the stuff out of your body, but let's not have you completely debilitated or feeling like, you know, you just want to sleep the whole time. So, but again, that's been learned over years. I mean, when I first started, I put myself in the CVAC pod every single day for hours, every single day. And I probably was going through a Herx reaction, a retrace. And then my poor mom, <laughs> she was on 13 pharmaceuticals when um, she first started to do CVAC. And I didn't know any better. And, you know, and I didn't have things like PMF devices and, and things to start with. Right. And so we just put her in there and wow, talk about a severe detox. I mean, it didn't need to be that way. Thankfully, when everything was said and done out of the 13 pharmaceuticals, she was able to get off of 12, which was a really big deal. Um, But it it probably could have been a much easier process. So thankfully we were the guinea pigs, but now our clients (laughs) don't have to go through that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So this is the school of hard knocks versus going to school type things, uh, which leads me to the next kind of intriguing question for me is not being a clinician, uh, how have you found going from, uh, well, the tire and mortgage worlds to uh, now health entrepreneurship? Uh, what sort of differences are there and challenges with this? Well, I mean, I think if you're in it because you have your own personal story, you tend to sympathize with people when they come in and they feel hopeless or they've been taken advantage of from other places. Um, So I'm really cognizant of that just because I, you know, you don't, you don't want to, you want to give people hope, but you want to put it on, they already have it within themselves. Yes. You share, I share my personal story, um, but it's just reconfirming with them that they already have what it takes to be able to heal and regenerate because they're a miracle, you know, it's the human body. Um, I kind of got off track right there. Get me back on track, David. <laughs> As I'm thinking. Um, what about kind of regulation wise though? So you're bringing in all this equipment and not being a licensed practitioner. Um, what sort of hurdles with red tape and regulations are there? There yeah, versus so other we're in the U.S. 
yeah, we're in the U.S. and there's the FDA and I have to be very careful, very, very responsible of not making any claims. Um, most of the modalities we have here don't require uh, any kind of license. They are usually class two medical devices. Um, you know, we, we have, as far as liability, we need to make sure there's not certain contraindications that will interfere. So we have very extensive uptake forms and everything. Um, and then myself and my staff has all been trained. We're all certified in every technology we have here. But yeah, any technology that's here, you don't have to be a practitioner. You have to be trained properly. And, and some of those technologies have certifications with that. Hmm. Um, and, and I just, I'm very responsible in regards to what we claim. I mean, these are wellness devices. Uh, these are not treating, they're not curing, they're not diagnosing, right? And we have to state that. Um, but again, we're so fortunate to see what the human body can do. And yes. it's, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So and we had touched earlier, like, I don't know when someone comes in and they're 70 years old and now all of a sudden they have a diagnosis how long that underlying effect has been happening on a cellular level. And so to think that you're going to get in a CVAC pod or on a PEMF and you're going to be healed and perfect in a day or a week, that's not realistic. So I think it's also setting the expectation. But then again, you have people that come in that have had chronic pain for years and years, one exposure, and they're great. Like, they're great, but yeah. it's our responsibility not to I don't really share those stories as much like a client can, but I want right. to set people up for, Hey, this is a process. This could take, you know, weeks, this could take months, this could take years. I mean, right. I am constantly progressing and I feel getting better. I mean, I'm going to be 46 years old. I've never felt better than I feel now. I, I see my skin constantly improving. My hair is growing thicker than it was in high school. Like there's certain things that I'm doing to help support that, but that's mm -hmm. not typical when you start reaching, you know, mid forties and fifties. Well, um, yeah, and I mean, like, there is this spectrum from pathology all the way to peak performance. And when you're talking about this um, with anyone is, yeah, health can deteriorate so bad that you're going to be diagnosed with something. But also all the way through this, and these are uh, classified wellness devices, are things to get you healthier and better. And you look at the elite performers, whether they're an athlete or or somebody who constantly needs to improve their own health is that these pieces of equipment and processes and lifestyle are to keep you functioning as healthy as humanly possible, basically. Now, you also see peak performers in some realms as well, don't you, with this? Yeah, that's actually our professional athletes are who kept us in business when I first started early on because my hands were so tied. And when we first started, I only had basically our CVAC pods and maybe one or two other modalities that I used to support the CVAC, but it wasn't anywhere near what our, our um, offerings are today. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, 
uh, I, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I get emotional when I think about the progression because you, you've got to think when I was in the mortgage industry doing well, you know, I had about $500,000 in a 401k and I literally spent that within the first two years of being in business. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the professional athletes, I probably would have to go back to the mortgage industry a couple of years after starting this business. But they are the ones that kept the doors open because professional athletes are always looking for the edge, right? Even if it's a half a percent in VO2 max increase or their stamina is increasing or their recovery times are decreased, they're going to keep coming back. I mean, you look at phenoms like, you know, Brady, don't think that he doesn't have a lot of technologies because yes. he definitely does. And he talks about some of it, too. Yeah. But, you know, that's what's I think, so exciting because we can all and as, as as a young athlete, I mean, that's what we're seeing. The best coaches are bringing their young athletes in here to extend the life of their careers. I mean, if you're yeah. exposed to these technologies when you are 16 years old, who's to say you can't still compete at 50? I mean, honestly, it's not a stretch. So, and I look at my daughter as well, and it's like, my goodness, she's been doing a lot of these technologies since she's been very young. Is she ever going to age? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is so exciting because, yeah, you look at the general population and it is not getting healthier. Um, So kind of with building that and taking it more mainstream. What are your goals with uh, Ascent adaptations here and uh, where can people find you? So we actually have been in the same building for about 13 years. Uh, Three weeks ago, we moved downstairs of that building into a larger space and acquired uh, more modalities. Um, And I'm always going to have a center open to the public and hopefully, you know, I might have a couple locations, but a few years ago I I was asked this question. It's like, what is your ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to help as many people as possible. So me having one center or three centers or five centers or 10, right. Is going to help. It could help thousands of people. But if I want to help millions of people, that's when it comes into the education part of it. I do a ton of consulting. Now I help other facilities open up. So our flagship is in Newport beach, California. We get people coming in as, you know, looking at this as a showroom. And then I'm doing a lot of consulting for even local companies around here, huge medical facilities that are starting to incorporate some of these modalities and, you know, going over protocols with them and all of that. And so that's really where my heart is. And my passion is just sharing what we've learned, helping and setting people up for success. So they don't have to make the early mistakes that I did and blow through their, their 401k (laughs) and just be praying to God that the next month comes in. Um, and, and then just the education part of it. I actually love to, you know, sit and talk about specific modalities and how they affect the body and what's happening, the mechanisms of action and, Yes. You know, what's been proven and like that, that's what I love. I mean, I'm not sitting and watching Orange County Housewives at nighttime. <laughs> I'm, you know, listening to podcasts. I'm reading. I'm trying to learn because we are evolving so fast and our technology is evolving so fast. And it's literally my obligation to make sure we stay on the cutting edge for our clients, but then also not to bring anything in here that doesn't have efficacy that hasn't been proven. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of um, studying that, you know, before we bring something in, it's like a six month to a year process. The last technology we brought in took me two years to (laughs) actually bring it in and feel like, okay, this thing's legit. 
So that's, that's kind of where I see things. And then my team, I'm so blessed and I see them growing as humans and starting to incorporate other things. And so I think really it's the community, it's aligning yourself with like-minded people that have the same vision and uh, purpose and then growing together. And I don't think, I think it's limitless, like how many people that we can, we can affect in a positive way. Nice. Now, where can people look you up and, uh, and contact our you. website which we're getting a new website soon probably within the next three weeks but it'll be the same url is um ascent a-s-c-e-n-t adaptation.com um and then you know our we are on instagram ascent adapt is our handle we're on we're on all the social media but our website and then you can contact us through that um uh or info at ascent-oc.com for an email but i'm always happy to jump on with people and answer any questions uh and yeah i just want to continuously evolve and and i'm just really really grateful to be in this space and and just to be connected with people like you oh thank you yeah, I really appreciate the work and advocacy you're doing uh, with everything. And uh, I just find it absolutely fascinating. And, uh, and really, uh, everybody here listening in needs to, needs to look up some of the more fine details on the technology and, and start to do a little bit of homework on their own as well. And uh, we're happy to, of course, guide people along that journey. And definitely stay tuned for the next episode of the hardy brain the show that takes athletic introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers take care and we'll see you next time